This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th. Avenue Faceoff. Welcome in to another edition of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Hey friends, how are you? I'm Chris Mack. You are watching this if you're getting the visual on 93.7 The Fans YouTube page, or you just may be listening to it inside your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. If you haven't downloaded it yet, maybe you're listening to us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever it may be, Spotify, did I mention them? Uh, however you get your podcast, be sure to follow and or subscribe to Fifth Avenue Faceoff so you get alerted to new episodes as soon as they are available. But yes, that includes your free Odyssey app where all the best Penguins coverage is going to be, not just from Fifth Avenue Faceoff and 93.7 The Fan, but whatever else you may want. Our, our friends Hunter Hodes and Pat Damp with Locked On Penguins. Uh, you have a whole lot of room in your Penguins fan heart for podcasts and content, good original content, and that's why you're here, and I appreciate you. Today, we will visit again with Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and the Spits and Suds podcast. He gave us a little preview the other day of what to expect with the Dallas Stars coming into town, uh, playing exceedingly well up until last Saturday night. Then they played exceedingly poorly against Philly, but still somehow pulled out a win. Uh, we'll get Gavin's point of view it'll actually be him sort of leading the conversation for his spits and suds podcast but the two of us going back and forth about what we saw from the stars and penguins on tuesday night uh and i'm curious what your feedback is as well please don't be afraid whether it's on the 93.7 the fan youtube page on twitter on facebook wherever you see a clip of the show or the link to the show itself or within your favorite podcast app to leave some feedback. Uh, what do you think about this team now? Because I'll tell you what I think about this team right now. I think it's old. Like, I hate to be so damn simplistic about it, but this is an old team that's looking like an old team. Um, that's what I feel. You know, you remember the the move, the Adam Sandler movie, uh, Big Daddy, right? And uh, the kid gets left on his doorstep. Um but he takes the kid out to go get wings the one night and they, he sees his ex-girlfriend, right? And he finds out she's dating some like really old guy. And he asks about the, the, the old guy in a, in a certain uh, part of him. That's um, a podcast. I can say his old balls. Ooh. And so I'm starting to wonder if this is just an old team. Ooh. And it's not just the fact that 
you know, by average age, they really are the oldest team in the league. It's because three times now in their four losses, and they are two and four now on the season, they have had moments where they were on fire, just a wagon, right? You had those moments in the first period tonight where the Penguins looked like you just needed a breakthrough. And even if you didn't get the breakthrough, you'd get enough, right? Because Jake Ottinger, despite some of the numbers he has and the way he was playing in the first period, is not actually superhuman. Uh, And so it was just a matter of time, right? Especially after Brian Rust got that goal late in the first period, you're thinking, all right, here we go. Um, Instead, they get the power play soon thereafter. They've got about a minute 45 of it left to start the second period. And they do nothing with it. In fact, the Stars, I think, had more scoring chances on that Penn's power play than the Penns did. And from there, things kind of evened out. And before you know it, uh, the Pens are getting sloppy in their own end. Almost as if, well, I was going to say almost as if they were trying to do too much in order to create offense. But that really wasn't it. I'll be honest. It, it, that, that wasn't it at all. In fact, when I go back and look at my notes, and I'm going to pull them up here, um, because I think it's important to note that those two goals, those first two Dallas goals that were scored in the second period were not because the Pens were, quote-unquote, trying to do too much. Like, oh, man, it's just we're generating all these chances. And they did. High-danger chances in the first period. The Penguins beat Dallas 8 to nothing. Eight nothing in high danger chances, I think it was, in the first period. Uh, the seventh one was the one where they finally got a goal from Brian Rust. That's how much Jake Ottinger was standing on his head. And we know he's a good goaltender. That part shouldn't surprise us. Um, but even, even after the Penguins' early power play in the second period, and then Jake Gensel got hit for an ear, interference penalty when Dallas uh, got a power play. Going into that power play, it was, and actually, I think coming out of the power play, it was even a, a bigger uh, spread in shots on goal. Yeah. After that power play, uh, the Penguins kill off the Dallas power play. And it was really good PK. They kept everything to the perimeter. And um, Lars Eller actually had a shorthanded chance. That he put off the crossbar. But at one point early in the second period, the Pens were out shooting the Stars 22 to 9 in shots on goal. And again, dominating the high danger chances. But about a minute and a half after that Lars Eller shorthanded attempt off the crossbar, Jason Robertson scores on a turnover um, out high. And then there was some sloppy down low play by the Penguins, in particular, John Ludwig, who we'll get to in a second. Um, just a lot of coasting. Evgeny Malkin coming back into the plays, coasting until he finally crashes down on his defensive crease. Um, it, it was nice work by Robertson but it could have been it could have been avoided. And then a little more than 3 minutes later, um Ludwig actually knocks himself out. Big hit on Roddick Foxa. That's not the moment I don't think when the wind left the Penguin sails by the way. Um and credit to Brian Metzer. He's fantastic. I consider him a friend. He does the intermission reports on the Penguins radio network and I happen to be listening to him during the second intermission. And he said he felt as if the air came out of the Penguins' balloon after the Ludwig hit uh, when he knocked himself out. I, I think it was kind of 
I think they were kind of losing it before that because the game had already evened out from the Penguins dominating and they didn't score early on a power play. And then you could start to feel the, the momentum shifting in Dallas's direction. Pens did their best with some of their best players on the ice and who were their best players on the ice tonight? Again, if you just go by puck possession metrics and uh, offensive production and generation, again, it was the third line. Again, it was Eller, O'Connor, and Zahorna, second game in a row. Those three guys were uh, a bright spot. But other than those guys, the pen seemingly just exhaled. <sighs> Man. We're not going to beat this guy, are we? And then Robertson scores, and there's no real pushback um, after that and the Ludwig hit. In fact, I should take that back, other than from the third line. O'Connor was robbed by Ottinger uh, in the low slot off uh, an Evgeny Dodonov turnover uh, a couple minutes after the Ludwig hit. And then at one point, because they're now rotating 5D, uh, Ryan Graves and Eric Carlson were out together. And I thought it looked really good together. Like that's that's an idea we might want to roll with Graves and Carlson and let Latang and Pedersen play the second pair. Um, there was a, a great job by Graves of going to the ice to cut off uh, a Ty Delandria centering attempt. Um, maybe maybe it was the Dadnoff goal then, because the Dadnoff goal with about four minutes left in the second period. You know, if you're the Penguins at that point and you've dominated the first period, but only have a goal to show for it. And then you're playing fairly even in the second period, but you're tied up now all of a sudden. Uh, you can kind of still look at it and go, well, look, Ottinger's playing out of his mind, which he was, and say, well, let's just keep pushing, boys. Let's just keep pushing. Let's just keep pushing. And I think what really let the air out of the balloon with about four minutes left in the second period was, is it Dadanov or Dodonov? I don't think it matters. That guy scored his first goal of the season, cleaning up a rebound after... Uh, Tyler Sagan just absolutely walked Marcus Pedersen. And it's not, I'm not going to hold it against Pedersen too much because Sagan's hands are ludicrous. But Sagan kind of danced around Pedersen out on the left half wall to buy just a, an extra second for Matt Duchesne to head towards the low slot area. Uh, Duchesne did that, continued to push towards the net front. The puck, Comes loose, Dadanoff corrals it, um, and Duchesne outmuscles Latang, and there's space there for Dadanoff, Dadanoff, call him what you'd like, to clean up the the rebound, and that's I think when you really felt the air whoosh, escape from the Penguins balloon. Um, Ryan Graves had another chance late in the second period that Ottinger stopped. Uh, there was a beautiful tic-tac-toe sequence with like five seconds left in the second period um, where Latang to Crosby to Gensel, but again, another Ottinger save. And I understand at that point, you're down 2-1. You can't beat Ottinger to save your life. And you're going to the third period now trying to figure out, hey, what do we have to do? Well, I can tell you what you shouldn't do in the third period. You shouldn't wait a good 10 minutes to get your first even strength goal of the period. And that's what happened. Um, there was a big play by Marcus Pedersen 
to shut down a two-on-one early in the third. And it was after an Eric Carlson turnover. But as an aside, before we get into the rest of the third period. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As my friend Josh Taylor from Fourth Down in the Steel City, KDKA TV, 93.7 The Fan likes to say, build the whole plane out of, and he usually says TJ Watt because we're talking about the Steelers, right? Build the whole plane out of Eric Carlson. When the top line, Crosby, Gensel, and Rust is not on the ice, Ensure that Eric Carlson is out there. And then tell Eric Carlson to take the puck and go that away. Right towards, yep, I'm pointing right towards the opposition net. Because other than the top line, we're just not seeing any offense generated. Like, the puck possession metrics are nice for the third line. I mentioned them earlier. I want to continue to give them credit. Eller, Zahorna, and O'Connor. Seven shots for and only one shot against. That's great. And four high danger chances, I think, for and none against. I want to make sure I have that right as well. Um, Yeah. So maybe the answer here is when the second and fourth lines are out, you ensure Carlson is out and there to carry the puck. And even put him out there with the third line uh, when it lines up so that he can carry the puck into the zone and then the third line can retain possession, cycle it around, get to the front of the net. Um, because Carlson needs to be given more leeway and more latitude with the puck. It looks like he's still holding back a little bit. Anyway, a weak interference call on Chris Letang a couple minutes later. Um, doesn't result in a goal, but there's momentum now on the star side. And now the stars are the ones sort of carrying play and before you know it after a pretty little stop by Alex Nedeljkovic on Jason Robertson right in front at the top of the crease um, the puck squirts loose and I, I don't know what's happening but Nedeljkovic decides to come out way too far out of his net after Ryan Graves had turned it over and the Stars score about five minutes into the third period. And now they're up by two. And I want to make sure I have have the guy right. Uh, Thomas Harley got the goal. And his first of the season as well. So you had three guys tonight for the Stars get their first goal of the season. Um, at that point, when it's 3-1, you're like, okay. And clearly the Penguins felt that way too because that's when they really, really mentally checked out. Um, Mike Sullivan tried to, to spark things by putting Redeem Zahorna out with Evgeny Malkin's line. That didn't work. They get a power play. One last great chance to get back into the game about halfway through the third period. Instead, about 20 seconds into the power play, Jake Gensel all alone in the right-hand circle. All alone in the right-hand circle. Elects not to shoot. Passes. And then works his way to like the bumper position. Finally gets a shot off there. But by then, it's too late. There's too much traffic between he and... Uh, Jake Ottinger. About 10 seconds later, Sidney Crosby 
out in the right-hand circle, catches a feed from down low. There's your perfect low-to-high moment where you could catch Ottinger perhaps out of position. Instead, nope, we redirect a pass out to Eric Carlson at the point. Carlson then comes back to Sid to set him up for a one-timer. And at this point, Ottinger is with the flow and is right, right there in position. Both Gensel and Crosby passing up on opportunities to shoot there. Ev- further evidence of this power play just parking itself in patty cake land. Everybody wants to pass the puck and nobody wants to shoot it. We all want to score pretty goals. I mean, at this point, and I'll be honest, the second power play and the limited time they got tonight looked better than the first power play. There was an opportunity for, oh, and I didn't write it down. I should have. Uh, Riley Smith and, oh, who fed him? As you hear me leaf through my notes. Um, Oh, yeah, it was uh, from Ricard Raquel. I did write it down. About 30 seconds into that power play that started the second period, 30 seconds into the second period, I should say. So about a minute 15 left on the power play. Mike Sullivan sends the second power play unit out over the boards. And Ricard Raquel sets up a beautiful little chance for Riley Smith. He wasn't able to put it behind Ottinger. It wasn't so much a save by Ottinger as, as Smith just wasn't able to redirect it, I think, the way he wanted to. But, I mean, give me give me Riley Smith. Give me Ricard Raquel, who was just taken off the top power play. Uh, give me, hell, give me Drew O'Connor and... Uh, redeem Zahorna and give me Ryan Graves and you know give me the guys who aren't going to all sit out there and play patty cake with one another tell Eric Carlson that whether it's on the power play or at even strength just take control and you know look realize this is an odyssey property um I, I shouldn't talk about people from other companies but I had an interesting back and forth conversation with another radio host in town today and he, he actually made some really good points about the Penguins' power play and how he feels Sid should be playing on the right half wall, Malkin should be on the other side, uh, let's not cater to Evgeny Malkin. Uh, to be honest, they were valid points. We went back and forth about it a little bit, but the one point that he made that I could absolutely get on board with, it was Madden, okay? Anyway, uh, he, he makes lots of really good points about hockey. So we'll leave it at that. Um, I'll talk to him about hockey. Hockey's hockey's a good back and forth. Anyway, the one really good point that he made is let Eric Carlson cook. Just, just, just let Carlson run the power play. Let Carlson do whatever he wants to do. And I'm on board with that at this point. I know I mentioned it earlier, build the whole plane out of Carlson. But, you know, put Carlson out there. Put Like I said, Put frickin' Redeem Zahorna in front with Crosby on a half wall, Malkin on the other, and uh, Gensel out there. Or whoever, really. And let's see what cooks. Let's see what happens. It's just start firing pucks on the net. Uh, because this is not getting it done. When you go up an el- uh, against an elite goaltender, you're, you're gonna have to get something from your special teams. And they didn't. Because... Nobody wants to shoot the damn puck on the power play. Anyway, uh, Nadelkovic just looked like a backup goaltender. The Penguins looked old and tired. And this is how you end up two and four. I, I, maybe it's not tired, just uninspired. They, they did. They looked uninspired and bothered. 
for most of the third period. Can't have that. The Stars just kept plugging away. Now, it was easy for them to plug away because, well, they were putting pucks in the net. But something tells me had roles been reversed and the Pens been up 2-1, 3-1 in the second period, the Stars wouldn't have stopped coming. And the Pens probably would have stepped off the gas a little bit. It's Look, I've been watching it since the Penguins were Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager and Kevin Stevens and Rick Tockett and, you know, go back through Ronnie Francis, even all the way back to Paul Coffey days. Mark Recchi, just run through the litany of guys who were here for one like that one back there in 91 uh, that I just pointed to. Again, why you should watch the YouTube. But download the audio as well to go with it. Or 92. Uh, or some of those teams, really, that didn't win Cups. 93, 94, 95, 96. Um, they, uh, man, they have done it. It's, it's just always been part of the Penn's DNA. Uh, to just let off the gas at times. And look uninterested. And you can't have it. You just, I'm sorry. Uh, this team had, and I'll get into this with Gavin in a couple of minutes. Um, this team had an opportunity this offseason to do some really big things. Nobody thought they'd do the things as big as they did. And yet, here they are. Um, so, all that being said, uh, a poor showing for the Pens that leaves you wondering how it gets turned around now. Like, how many more moves does Mike Sullivan have in his back pocket? We'll talk about that after I talk to Gavin Spittle on the Spits and Suds podcast. We'll do a little crossover here next, here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. <laughs> 